This episode is brought to you by Knowing Hospitality, a full-service hotel management company that has developed a simple and straightforward management fee based on profit, not revenue. If you're a hotel owner that believes in a new way of doing business and want to learn more about the benefits of a profit-based management agreement, visit knowinghospitality.com. Now let's get to the podcast. A GM role with a very small team to open a brand new hotel, it's a new build. There are many moving parts to the opening, developing operating procedures, ordering supplies, you have you're creating revenue management structure, working with contractors, develops, understanding your license and the permits. So all of that takes, I mean, you'll feel like you're in multiple places at the same time. So having some sort of organizational structure in place is definitely gonna come in handy down the road once things become somewhat normal. Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast, the show that deconstructs the inner workings of the hospitality industry, breaking down the tools, tips, and tricks that the world's best-run hotels use every day. Here's your host, Adam Knight. My guest today is Vic Coker. He's the general manager of the Renaissance Milwaukee West Hotel, the property opened in the relative early days of the pandemic in August of 2020. Opening a hotel is never easy. Between operational, administrative, and project management needs, it requires immense organization, focus, a great team, and a clear set of guiding principles so that people have a leader they can trust. Values and culture are at the forefront of many discussions in hospitality today, and Vic has very clear ideas on what it takes to turn theory into practice. In this tactical episode about leadership, Vic shares insights into bringing a new hotel to life, building the right team, and new ways of thinking about how work gets done. So let's get to it. This is episode 73 of the Proven Principles podcast, Vic Coker on the new age of leadership agility. Enjoy. Hey, Vic, thank you so much for being on the show. It's great to have you. Oh, Likewise, Adam, thanks so much for having me. Uh, before we dive too deep into what it's like opening a hotel during the pandemic, <laughs> why don't you give everyone a, a quick rundown of, uh, of who you are? What's your, what's the origin story? Absolutely. Well, um, you know, going into, I think you started the segment, right? Opening a hotel in the midst of pandemic certainly has been a learning experience and nothing that I have experienced in my career before. So, uh, uh, going through, uh, for the past 20 or so months, uh, was, a whole different dynamic of what we experienced. But my background has been, I've been in the industry for a little over 20 years now and uh, started out my career, uh, yeah, spent most of it uh, with Marriott International on the luxury segment, started it out with the, with the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Group, spent bulk of my years with them, uh, transitioning into luxury collection, JW Marriott, that was luxury segment, and then uh, I, uh, moved over to uh, the lifestyle side. So. Uh, Currently, the general manager at Renaissance Hotel uh, in uh, Milwaukee, and uh, it was a brand new property that had just been open for a little over a year and a half now. So that property would have been in the pipeline for a long time. I mean, it takes how, how long would you say it takes from conception to getting the doors opening and welcoming your first guest? You know, we uh, started construction in February of 2019, somewhere around that time frame. Okay, so uh, a little over a year and a half, or almost a year and a half. So obviously the pandemic was in nobody's <laughs> no, nobody's frame of view no. um, during the planning and construction phase. Um, you know, we're I, I want to dive into this here because I, I think that there's a lot of interesting lessons that can be learned through the process, and I, I really want to get your your perspective on. Uh, but I have to ask, just out of my own curiosity, how has budget season been going? You know, we just wrapped up doing our next year budget 2022 and of course you know there's a lot of uncertainty in the market still but uh, we are very hopeful to see some level of 
stability uh, from a travel perspective. So I think the signs are better. Uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It'll be a better year than 2021 for sure. Uh, you know, it, a lot undetermined at this point, of course, but uh, the industry has high hopes. I'm sure you had your salespeople out talking to clients and uh, you know, revenue manager uh, working overtime to get some clarity on the market. When you're talking to your, your team who are out talking to your partners, um, is that is that level of uh, is that hopefulness and and maybe a little bit of confidence in in next year being a bit better? Uh, is that that's the message that you're getting from kind of the the wider group, I suppose? Yeah, and I think it, as the market is starting to open up somewhat, to people are developing a better comfort and confidence level to be able to host in person events and travel for business. Too, of course, the holiday season will slow down that travel pattern. Uh, but all in all, we uh, we were starting to see pretty uh, uh, pretty good response or progressive approach, especially on the business travel side. And I think with the continuation of uh, uh, vaccination and some of the protocols that have been rolled out, it'll definitely infuse a little more confidence to the community. Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, that's that's the hope for sure. Um, opening a hotel, I, I've had the uh, the fortune. I don't want to call it a misfortune, but it definitely, it's definitely a different animal. I've, I've done one official opening and then one shutdown and reopening in my career. Uh, and it's to say that it's a heavy lift is, is an understatement. Uh, and being in the chair of a GM responsible for bringing the vision together, uh, is a whole other level of, um, uh, a stress and complexity and, and, and probably and, and wading into unfamiliar waters in a lot of cases. Uh, was this your first hotel opening? No, I have been uh, part of the hotel openings before in my career, but never as a GM. So uh, this was the first opening as a general manager. Uh, certainly a different perspective and uh, you, you have to analyze and look at things differently. So uh, whereas uh, in previous roles, it was more operational focused on getting things up and running. So, uh, certainly gave me a good learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. Um, what were some of the things, some of the more critical elements, um, uh, to get right going through an opening like this? Cause again, you know, and then an opening, like the one you just went through completely different than doing it during good times. Um, what were some of the, the things that you really had to keep an eye on? Yeah. And you know, pandemic or no pandemic. I think first and foremost, you just have to uh, you have to understand your priorities, and uh, you you have to realize you're creating something from the ground up, whether it's a building or your team or the culture within the building. And the stronger the foundation, the better it'll hold during tough times. And this couldn't be truer in an environment such as last year or last 20, 20 months or so. Uh, we opened in the uh, midst of everything that was going on. This was actually August 2020. And, uh, you know, resources were scarce, uh, limited supply chain, of course, several restrictions and anxious market overall. And the most important resource you have to realize that you have is are your people to get you to, through these times. And uh, from a culture perspective, when you're trying to define and build your team, you have to make sure and realize you can't force your company or organizational culture on somebody. You have to recruit the talent and find alignment within that understanding or the culture so people feel they're part of the same thing together. And I think that was a, uh, that certainly was a challenging task in, on its own because the labor market was shrinking already at that time. Uh, so 
from a GM perspective, you're wearing different hats and uh, trying to think about different priorities and, and, uh, and goals. So uh, you have the goal of building that organizational culture and system uh, and make sure that your, uh, your ambassadors or employees will be engaged uh, when, when you build that. Mm -hmm. And then service orientation, how does that transfer over to your guest satisfaction side? And then you're thinking about the owner satisfaction from a financial performance and goals. What do we want the property to uh, property to look like, and what does it look like uh, three, six, nine months down the road? Mm -hmm. And uh, more importantly, you take these three elements and really wrap that around the brand integrity portion. Because when you're part of uh, such a large, uh, large group of uh, a brand, you have to make sure the experience is consistent and there's no compromise to the brand integrity in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think where people were at in August of last year and leading into, you know, the first few months of the, this pandemic is a very different place than where people are at today. Um, the conversations around customer experience have completely changed to some, just to some degree, I guess. And maybe, maybe that's a over, Overcharacterization of it, but you know, staffing issues remain. The culture conversation is one that's very robust right now, and um, it, it wrapped in that is the recruiting and retention retention piece. Uh, but at the end of the day, being in such a different place today than we were back when goals were set and sort of the what the property was going to look like when it opened up. Um, uh, back then, it feels to me, look from the outside looking in, like like it, it you've had to be very um, mobile and agile in figuring out where you can bend and where you can adapt to what people are expecting right now versus sticking tried and true to the brand and and delivering on the guest expectation that that you intended to deliver on when the hotel was built is that that's a very clunky question <laughs> but but i guess it's just it's been it's been a difficult year since then right and you know we it, very very clear assessment in that case too so when when we were looking at of course you go in with the mindset of opening a property a certain budget and then you have either limitations in getting you know, speak to speaking to some of the items, whether it's a supply chain from FF&E perspective or OS&E perspective, uh, you try to prioritize on what is what are the critical elements to not compromise with compromise with the guest experience, yet still be able to open your doors. Mm -hmm. So uh, you you create your vision of what that looks like after the first guest walks in, and uh, uh, we had to compromise with a few things, and especially related to uh, staffing, as you can imagine, we uh, went in with. Uh, almost 50% reduction in our staffing guidelines when we opened the door, knowing that the, the market was, uh, was not strong at that time. Uh, but over, uh, overall, uh, you want to make sure that you can kind of fulfill those, uh, the, the, those promises that you're making to guests in the long term. So I think one thing that I learned personally is stay very organized, stay <laughs> and don't lose track of what you're not buying right now and what needs to be purchased down the road. And uh, Without that, I mean, when, when you're thinking about from a, a GM role with very small team to open a brand new hotel, it's a new build. There are many moving parts to the opening, uh, developing operating procedures, ordering supplies. You have, you're creating revenue management structure, working with contractors, develops, understanding your license and the permits. 
So all of that takes, I mean, you'll feel like you're in multiple places at the same time. Mm -hmm. So having some sort of organizational structure in place is definitely going to come in handy down the road once things become somewhat normal. Truer words have never been spoken. Um, you got to stay organized. <laughs> and that's not right. a strong suit for, for a, a lot of people. Um, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Um, were there any, any tools or methodologies that you, you employ to kind of help keep you on track and help keep the team on track too? Not just you, like keep everybody going in the same direction. Right. You know, you try to leverage technology as much as possible. So whether it's creating spreadsheets or smart sheets and things of that nature, uh, really, uh, I think what it comes down to is strong communication with your team and having those daily, uh, daily meetings to make sure we're staying on track. Uh, there are multiple relationships that you're managing at that stage. Uh, so really making sure that you have uh, uh, uncompromising ways of not losing that contact is a, was really the key for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to dive into the culture piece for a, a minute here. Um, and the question that's, that comes to mind is, you know, how do you ensure that the culture is activated and felt on the ground as you intend? But the lens by which I am asking that question is, was it, is it different to do it in a new hotel that's opening during a time that, that is where the industry is experiencing immense difficulty? Another way of asking it is, I would imagine that a hotel that was open pre-pandemic had to lay off most of their staff as the pandemic kicked off and then just continued to if basically limp along, keeping the doors open. Um, that The impact that that has on the culture is, I would think, is different than bringing people in on the ground floor during a difficult time where you don't have that baggage of having to get rid of most of your workforce. Did you did you notice a difference there? Yeah, I did, and you know, in some capacity, we were very fortunate to uh, make decisions ahead of time without having to make difficult decisions later on. So that's why we went in with an approach: is not to hire the full force and three months later uh, make some some difficult decisions to lay people off. Although we had to make a couple of those decisions, unfortunately. Uh, but when you think about you, you know, you realize, again, your most important resources in, uh, in opening a hotel from a service perspective. So service is delivered through three mediums. It's people, place, and process, and in that order. So when you put people first, you really have to start it with your recruitment practices. So ensure that your recruitment practices don't just focus on the candidate's skill set and experience, but also their character and their commitment to serve the needs of others. And uh, I think we use that philosophy from, from the start and starting with our executive team to leadership team to every employee that we brought on board, uh, we were asking very consistent questions and they weren't very tactic, uh, technical or tactical questions. They were truly related to whether they are people person and do they find joy in serving the needs of others? And I think... Uh, it starts with you to set a tone as a GM. Uh, you must walk the talk. Uh, and for me, that culture is driven by my personal values, the values of respect, integrity, commitment, and humility. We call it an acronym as rich. And uh, 
<laughs> now you can't lose sight on this thing. And, uh, and this is something that's your identity and losing it will make you no one, quite honestly. So this is, uh, this is not something just to put up on a board and call it a culture. Uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about as a leadership team is leading with values. And what does that mean? It really means that uh, every decision you make, small or big, and you will make those decisions every day, you should be able to check uh, these boxes that you're following through, through on these values. And uh, this not only is going to give you a sense of fulfillment and define, uh, I think it'll, it'll allow you to define that you're doing the right things versus just doing things right. And uh, so we review these values with every single candidate that we brought on board and make, made sure that there, were, uh, uh, there was alignment and a common purpose for all of us. You know, I, I think back to some of the best leaders that I've had um, in my career and those leaders, and it's a small group of people, were the ones that were, that had, to your point, very clearly defined personal values. They were consistent in their application um, and, and you could trust that no matter what happened, they weren't going to to diverge from a specific way of looking at things, because again, everything was looked at through the lens of, of their values. And I think you bring up a really, a really strong point about leadership and, and, and maybe the difference between managing and leadership. And, and that's probably a, a pretty big one where, um, where you're not just making sure that people are doing their jobs. You're making sure that, that people feel uh, comfortable in the environment that they're working in, uh, and that maybe they have a leeway to put their own personal stamp on what the job is, but they know that um, that no matter what happens at the end of the day, your reaction, good, bad, or indifferent, is going to be predictable, and that comes from a set of strong values. I agree, and you know, I, there have been many books written about manager versus a leader, and I think uh, doesn't matter which angle you look at, uh, it truly comes down to. Have you built a consistent platform for everybody to walk on, right? Every, is it the same path or is everybody taking their own approach? And sometimes people may take their own approach as long as we're all meeting at the same destination. So we just need to make sure that, those, that the, the values become who you are as a team. And there's no compromise. There's no tolerance for disrespect in our culture. And we just need to make sure that everybody understands that. So uh, holding them accountable and holding or developing some sort of personal accountability for everybody in those terms is going to go a long way. And accountability in a good way, too. Sometimes the, uh, uh, I think those that don't have a lot of exposure to leadership or who are just getting into that side of their career uh, still try to get at it from a, a positional authority. Right. Um, and, and holding somebody accountable doesn't necessarily have a bad connotation. You can hold someone accountable for doing unbelievably incredible work and rewarding them for doing that and keeping that great behavior going. I agree. Um, when it comes to taking care of your people today, um, what is that, what does that look like for you? I think this is a, it's a statement I think that that maybe rings uh, common and maybe a little hollow, 
because we've just we've we've heard it every just about every company's had a version of a tagline where people are our most important asset right. uh, to the beginning of time. That's that feels like a different thing today. So, what's your perspective on that? You know, perspective can be very uh, very broad, Adam. And uh, you know, I'll use some cliche terms here. <laughs> and uh, you know, the golden rule never is going to fade away, right? Treat them the way you'd like to be treated. And uh, I think uh, to me, if we can create or give them some sense of pride, and we need to know as leaders that without people, this world doesn't exist, let alone the concept of hospitality, period. So people is what build this business. People are who drive this planet. So they're the most important, not only resource at the, at the, in the hospitality sector, but everywhere. So if we don't take care of each other, uh, then, uh, then who will, right? So creating yeah. a pathway for, for them to su- succeed and give them a voice to express their opinion, uh, I think the more and more we're starting to uh, see the, the changeover in generation, uh, especially in this industry, this will, this will come in. This will be critically important because you're, you're looking at, and we'll, you know, I know we talked about recruitment uh, for, for a little bit, but if we have to realize the demographic we're dealing with also and what kind of environment do you develop. Uh, one of my favorite authors is uh, uh, Dr. Stephen Covey and his mm-hmm. seven habits. One of the habits is uh, seek first to understand, then be understood. Mm-hmm. And that, that habit couldn't have been you know, truer than dealing with the new generation. We need to be able to allow people to develop a sense of belonging, that they have a voice in the processes and decisions that we take at a property level. And uh, I think that's, that to me is really, uh, it's no different than taking care of your own family, but it mm-hmm. requires even more attention. Yeah, right, yeah, because people are, are placing a lot of hope in, in you as an employer, aren't they? Right. They're, they're, you know, to, to it, you know, maybe it's outsized, but it, people's goals and aspirations and, 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 and things that they want to achieve in life uh, are largely dependent on how fulfilled they feel at work and, and whether they're getting, you know, the things at work that they can do that. And pay is obviously a, a big part of that, but career progression and feeling like you're part of something bigger than yourself plays a, a, a big role in that. Um, I, I, I've always believed that a good recruiting strategy starts with a good retention strategy. And if you can keep your people or keep more of your people, then you don't have to worry about replacing them. Um, is there, is there anything at this stage now? So you've been open a little over a year, coming up on a year and a half, I suppose. Um, probably right about now is the time when usually you might see some, some heavier turnover. Um, I'm not sure maybe you can enlighten us whether that's the case now, given everything that's going on. Um, but is there anything important to get right in, in retention these days based off of what you're talking about, understanding what, what this new generation of workers is expecting from an employer? Yeah, I think that's, that's a first step really, uh, because finding good people is equally as hard as retaining them too. Right. But once you find good people and people who, once again, if you can align your purpose and you, uh, as an employer and as an employee, you both agree on the terms of what we have built here, I think the retention rate will be very natural. 
And because people are, when, when you think about what motivates people, I think we need to understand what are some of those motivating factors that are, that are allowing people to come to work or look for a job, right? Uh, so, of course, we're using several, uh, several recruitment channels, uh, but fundamentally un- understanding the target audience, which is, of course, rapidly changing. You have the Gen X and baby boomers retiring. So Gen Z is really the, you know, they're not attracted to the hotels necessarily. So I think uh, changing that paradigm uh, of uh, not allowing this industry to be known as a long hours, low pay industry, mm-hmm. you know, how do we change that, you know, that, that mindset? So I think it comes down to creating a sense of purpose for everybody. Um, yes, that there's from a motivation perspective, yes, there's a monetary aspiration, but people who are looking for just a paycheck are looking for a job, right? right. And those are not the people who are hiring. And if you have a job mindset and you sign up for hosp- as a hospitality professional, I can guarantee you won't be happy in the long term uh, because this takes a lot more than just mind. It takes your full heart. And as a leader, we need to, better, need to be better listeners and adapt or adapters to the changing generation and the style of the workforce too. So once again, going back to that seek first to understand that be understood, it's, uh, that's, that's where the listening part comes in. And once we're allowing people to be expressive, giving them the channel, we have to act on it. So that's been something we've been successful, especially on our leadership side. You know, I am proud to say that 95% of our leadership team that we had hired during, uh, uh, during the opening is, is still with us. And uh, we have gone through some rough patches, and so has the entire industry. So I think yeah. that shows the commitment levels and most of the hourly employees who were here before the pre-opening are still a part of our team too. Wow. So that goes to show a lot. That goes to show a lot because um, I'm sure Milwaukee's not immune to uh, all of the, uh, the 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 great resignation uh, right. <laughs> that we're dealing with. Um, are you looking at any other types of of benefits or thinking about work in a different way that can can be packaged in with the money discussion because you know the money discussion is important but there's a lot of other uh a lot of other uh i hate to call it baggage but like there's a lot in the industry that that needs to be addressed sure pay is one of them but um you know the 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 demands on time um you know having to to, to be on almost 24 seven, depending on your position, um, hard to take vacations, uh, getting pulled in a hundred directions in a given day, every day, basically redlining all the time. Um, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff that I've experienced personally. I know I have a lot of colleagues that have experienced the same thing and, and, and I don't know what the right answer is to fix that because at the end of the day, it is, a it's, it's such a, a demanding industry. You're dealing with people who are paying you for something that they're not getting anything in return other than an experience or a memory. They don't take anything with them other than that. So it's very, very airy <laughs> to get your arms around. But are you are you thinking about benefits and work style in a different way? Yes, we are. And you know, you have to be. Innovation is uh, one of my favorite words in this industry. Without that, nothing happens. Really, you you don't progress. And, uh, you know, when you think about innovative approaches to recruitment, of course, we have a three-page long list in terms of what we have done from a recruitment perspective. But you look at uh, 
you look at the overall package. And I think uh, first and foremost, you really have to understand uh, the, the motivation of those applicant, uh, applicants. So there are certain things that are kind of outdated in the industry and not only in hospitality industry, but in workforce period is that nobody really likes to sit down and fill out lengthy applications that's going to take about an hour and mm -hmm. uh, do a lot of the assessment surveys that are taking another hour and a half on top of that. So uh, again, could be a generational gap or could be just the expectations that have been set by some of the other organizations. So I think uh, looking at or leveraging technology to speed up that process and, uh, and try to make it as user-friendly as possible. So, uh, you know, <laughs> we're not there yet, but, uh, you know, the, the future of the industry could be that it's almost like uh, getting a credit card approval. So, you're, you know, you're hired on the spot. <laughs> I don't know if... Uh, you know, I'm very too uh, I'm too ambitious ambitious with that approach, but uh, no, I like it. Need to, yeah, we need to look at it, things differently versus what we have done in the past. Uh, well, that, if you bring up a really good point because if if somebody's out there looking for work and there's ten places that they have applied, um, and all of them are attractive because most places are offering very similar packages, um, they'll often go with the first one in response. Right. So speed, speed to market as with everything is, is really important in the recruiting piece. Um, I, I, I want to get your perspective a little bit on, um, is there, is there anything, you know, we talked about it a little bit with the recruiting and understanding people, but is there anything that you view that needs to change in the industry and and is there anything that you're able to put into practice in your hotel to try to address those? So we talked a little bit about recruiting and understanding people's needs. Um, is there anything else that's that's kind of go, going around the boardroom table when you guys are having your executive committee meeting? Yeah, and that's, uh, I don't want to call it a loaded question because it's not, because we think about this every single day. And uh, we have to evolve over time in our practices and our approach. Uh, you know, my personal perspective, I think that, that there's a lot that that is required to change or shift the mindset uh, of the workforce we're trying to attract. And I think uh, it requires uh, us to kind of reevaluate the business and marketing model of the industry as, as a whole. Mm. Our customer profile is changing. The target audience for workforce is changing. You know, wages have gone up and will continue to go up. Uh, I mean, the pandemic has taught us that we're vulnerable to supply chain and shrinking labor market. Mm. And I think we need to leverage technology to fill these gaps. Mm. So when you look at scarce manpower and resources, uh, they'll continue to limit our ability to conduct our business. And the workforce that, I mean, perfect example is the workforce that was impacted by uh, layoff. I have several uh, friends who've been part of the industry and unfortunately were impacted. Uh, they're either starting to transition or they've already started, uh, they've already transitioned to other industries or took early retirement. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, we have work to do to kind of rebuild that confidence and earn trust of those who think the industry is unstable and uh, give them reasons or give the new generation reason in particular to be part of this business. And that's going to take a lot of efforts and will evolve, will evolve over time. Uh, we got to invest in our, our current uh, associates and the resources training development. So uh, we can kind of expand our pool of future leaders. So uh, not a short answer to your question. No, but, uh, it's not. No, yeah. it's not an easy question to answer either. I mean, that's, 
you're you're right. It's it, it feels like every other day you're getting hit with something new too, right? And so right. that staying nimble uh, and agile with uh, not just actions but thinking and being open to new ideas and and being willing to change your mind when you get new information, <laughs> is, right. which so many people don't do, is uh, is critical. Is there? I just one more question for you before we wrap the show here is. Um, is there anything that the last year, year and a half, uh, has has taught you, or that you're doing differently as a result of your experience going through opening your hotel during this this crazy time? Yes, I mean, and not only operationally, I think from a, from a philosophical approach, it has taught me that humankind is very vulnerable. Right. And when that happens, this industry will be very vulnerable. So uh, the mental and physical well-being needs to be kept at the utmost priority. You know, and from from a from a service offering perspective, you cannot underestimate the importance of proper hygiene and safety standards, you know, mm-hmm. focusing on people's mental well-being and making sure there's a there's a life and work balance there, because that's where that's where sense of fulfillment again that's where it comes from um you know resilience has been uh, the key word for the past uh year and a half that we've been in operation or even before then when we were building our team and uh, i think uh there's some value to be put towards that uh that resilience part because the only way you can carry the weight and walk through those rough patches is if you're you have a clear direction and you determined uh, but that requires optimism too. Mm-hmm. So uh, hope and positivity, positivity is what's going to keep us all going. And uh, once again, know the most important resource in your business and be innovative and think in terms of solutions versus just problems. So it's not why we can't do it, but it's how we're going to make it happen. I love that, Vic. Uh, I appreciate you giving a look behind the curtain on what's going on uh, at your property. Um, if anybody wants to learn more about you or the Renaissance Milwaukee property uh, hotel, what's a good place for them to go? You know, online resources certainly uh, are available. So our hotel website is renmilwaukee, www.renmilwaukee.com. It's part of the uh, part of uh, Renaissance brand under Myriad Umbrella. And of course, I'm, uh, uh, I can be found on, on LinkedIn profile, and I'm sure there's a few articles out there too. <laughs> yeah, we'll, link, we'll definitely link to it uh, in the show notes. If anybody wants to find it, just scroll down on your player. Uh, Vic, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate oh, Adam, the conversation. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. This was my episode with Vic Coker. You can learn more about him on LinkedIn and the Renaissance Milwaukee West Hotel at Marriott.com. I'll link to both in the show notes. To hear past episodes or check out our other content, go to theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and a review. I'm Adam Knight, and you've been listening to the Proven Principles Podcast. Until next time.